InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. It's no secret that having a baby can wreak havoc on a marriage. In fact, it happens to one degree or another to every new set of parents. How can couples bridge the gap? InfoTrack's Roy Mackey takes a look. Roy? Thank you, Chris. When you're expecting a baby, the experts tell you to baby-proof your house. But what about safeguarding your relationship with your spouse? Our guest on InfoTrack has been there. She's Stacy Cockrell, and she's co-written a book called Baby-Proofing Your Marriage. You know, marriage is tough enough when there's just two of you. Let's just start right there. I think most people, it doesn't really even occur to them how a baby can affect your relationship because you're worried about all the other things related to taking care of a child for the first time. Oh, exactly. I mean, we talk about the baby showers. There are no dirty diapers at the baby showers, <laughs> right? No one tells you how sleep deprivation is just going to bring you to your knees, and no one tells you that your husband's just not going to get it. All we hear is cute booties, and we call it the global conspiracy of silence. I mean, our grandparents don't even tell us. Our parents, they don't even say anything about what you're really going to go through. They kind of give you that, oh, when you have kids, everything changes. Some of these relationship changes start even before the baby gets there when you Mm -hmm. just simply know that he or she is coming. Exactly. But when the baby's here, wow, those issues just explode. And we talked to hundreds of men and women across the country, and everyone highlighted the four key issues that couples face once we bring the babies home. Number one, the great mom-dad divide. Moms, we get compulsive. We turn into the control freaks. How many bananas are in the house? When's the next doctor's appointment? And men, they've told us that they feel relegated to the sidelines, the bottom head of the family totem pole. And women, we look at our husbands and say, gosh, he just doesn't get it. Yeah, he never does anything around here. Right. I mean, (laughs) oh, he's playing golf again, or he's not helping out. And most guys are great husbands. We just don't think they know how much work goes into a newborn, especially if you're staying at home, and especially if you have two or more kids. It's another whole story. The men, they just return fire, though, and they say, hey, whatever I do, it's never enough, and it's never good enough. Does that sound familiar? (laughs) That does sound familiar, yes. Most dads said, hey, they want to be active, hands-on fathers, and we should let them do that. The second issue is the scorekeeping, the endless tit-for-tat. Who's working harder and who has it tougher? I'm sure you've had the conversation in your house. I changed the last diaper. I got up at 4.32 a.m. Well, I worked all day. And then, oh, well, I took five three-year-olds to Chuck E. Cheese. And that was, you know, and bought your mother a birthday present. And we all do it. We all keep score. Because uh, I think we're just so exhausted and we're just shocked at the mountain of work we're trying to tackle. You know, there are a lot of wonderful health benefits to breastfeeding, but it's certainly a load off the dad's plate when the mom has to get up in the middle of the night to feed the baby because she can't put it off on the dad. Yes, and you know what a lot of women do, and I think I was guilty of this first time around. I thought, well, he should be getting up every time I'm getting up. Well, you know what happens, then you're both wrecked. If I'm getting up anyway, why am I having my husband change the diaper? At least he can be rested during the day so I can catch a nap or something. So that's what we recommend with the scorekeeping. Just make a list of everything you have to do, all the work that's in front of you, including the breastfeeding, paying the bills, mopping the floor, taking the kids to the birthday parties, and really have a divide-and-conquer approach. I mean, the enemy is the work, not each other. And then we can hand our martyr badges in while we're at it. <laughs> you mentioned these four items. Now, do grandparents play a role in one of those four? Yes. 
the in-laws, we all love the grandparents in our lives. They tend to stay on the sidelines before you have kids. Cue the baby, everything changes. <laughs> Everybody wants to call dibs on the baby. So it turns into, at times, a Clash of the Grannies tournament. And the couple feels like, you know, we could be in the middle of a family tug of war. Establish the pecking order. It is you and your spouse first, and everyone else is last. That is so important to establish that pecking order. And if your family member, your parent, is stepping on some turf, you have to run interference on that family member. You cannot send your spouse into your battleground. So those are the issues that we face. And we haven't talked about sex yet, have we? You know, I was just about to bring that up. Do you need to write that down on your calendar once in a while, or did that just take all the fun out of it? Oh, yes. Yeah. We put it in quotes. The sex life, quote-unquote, of new parents. We've talked to hundreds of men and women, and here's what we found. And, of course, we're going to see the female point of view, but, hey, we got the guy's point of view, too, to be fair. For women, our sex drive, unfortunately, falls off our radar once we have kids. It just goes MIA. I mean, we always feel like we're on duty. Nature compels us to nurture our kids to the exclusion of all else. And it's just this mean trick that's done on us. We don't really like it either. And for men, they made it very clear that they want sex, baby or no baby. That creates the conflict right there because men think that we are rejecting them. And men really told us they want that connection with their wives. That's how they connect. And it's that you know, reassurance, it's appreciation, it's just that emotional bond. What are some solutions for sex? After we picked up the toys and had a 10-minute conversation and maybe tripped over the dirty diaper in the hallway, we're not in the mood. We need like an hour to ourselves, redefine foreplay, give us an hour to ourselves, let us shave our legs, let us brush our teeth and get rid of the sweatpants with the throw-up stain on it. We have to get out of mommy mode. For you guys, it's push of a button. For us, it's manning a 747. It sounds like a lot of these things really boil down to basic communication, but it's almost like you have to read one another's minds at times. Well, that's that women, most of us are saying the same things over and over, and just like men, same thing. You all are repeating, gosh, if I go uh, longer than a week without sex, the sky's falling down, the wheels are coming off, and if I get rejected, it's soul-destroying. I mean, that's eye-opening for women to read that. It was the three of us, we just, we couldn't believe it. And we tried to draw an apples-to-apples comparison. What would it be like for us if our husbands didn't talk to us during a whole meal? Or what if they didn't talk to us for a month? We were just trying to bridge the gap, try to understand men, and try to communicate our way through this, rather than, hey, you know, why are you doing this to me? Or what's your problem? Is it necessary to schedule a date night once a while, and and how often do you think that's a good idea? Yes, and that date night, that recommendation has been out there for a while, right? We've heard that from other sources, other books. It is so important. It is counterintuitive to think, oh, I need to go out with my husband, when you have a toddler clamped on your leg and you still have to feed the baby. But the number one thing that we can do for our kids, that's what we found through all our research, is to connect as a couple. The marriage is the linchpin of the family. If you have a happy marriage, you're going to have happy kids. Think back to your own childhood. We all wanted to see our parents show affection towards each other. It just gave us that sense of security. And that's what kids are really looking for. And 
that date night, it just becomes imperative to connect with each other, to have a conversation that has nothing to do with the kids and the enterprise that we're creating, the bills, and have we registered with enough preschools. If that becomes standard operating procedure, your marriage is going to wilt. Any final thoughts for parents? You are not alone. Everybody is going through some form of the same thing. Because lots of people think, oh gosh, it's just me. You can laugh about it and then try to figure out how to bridge the gap. Second of all, kids are never the problem. The problem is how we as adults respond to the challenge of parenthood and how we respond to each other as a couple. And finally, little actions go a long way. That's what we figured out. Little strategic actions you could take for your spouse really go a long way. Our book is out there. We also want to invite everyone to come to our website, babyproofingyourmarriage.com, and join our discussion forum. Very good information. Stacy Cockrell, the co-author of the book, Baby Proofing Your Marriage. Thank you very much for joining us on InfoTrack. Thank you. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.